0: You're listening to the Safe Happens podcast from Workwear Safe, where we help you keep your employees safe, productive, and happy on the job. And now, here's your hosts.
1: Oh, there! Welcome to Safe Happens, the only podcast dedicated to helping you keep your employees safe, productive, and happy on the job. I'm your host, Matthew Hudson,
2: and I'm Brooke Swadley.
1: And, Brooke, I understand that you have arranged for an actual guest for us on this podcast instead of just being me and you this time.
2: I know. Thank goodness. Right. Um, yeah, you true. brought in the director of safety and wellness, Mr. Steve Campbell. Steve, welcome to the podcast.
0: Thank you for inviting me.
2: You're welcome. So, tell us a little bit about you and how long you've been in the industry.
0: I I direct uh, wellness and safety for Workwear Safety Shoes, and I've been in the industry for 25 years, and I would be glad to discuss workplace wellness and safety assessments with you.
2: Well, we are so excited, and we are so excited to learn why safety assessments are important in our industry, aren't we, Matt?
1: We are, and it sounds like you're still trying to figure out whether or not you like it, Steve, 25 years. (laughs) (laughs)
0: I've enjoyed every minute of all the assessments that I've done. It's one of the best things about uh, working in the safety footwear industry is learning about different environments and the potential hazards that can affect people's ability to go home and see their families and be well. So I love going out there and looking at assessments.
1: So somebody has been doing it for, like you said, 25 years. What's the one thing that when you go out there, it still surprises you when you go do these assessments?
0: What surprises me is that uh, companies want to take me to one area of the plant and say, this is what we're concerned about. In reality, if you conduct a workplace wellness and safety assessment properly, you're going to walk through the entire plant and most of the time identify many potential sources of injuries and and the, uh, the the person that comes with you is always uh, surprised at the end that, that that they were they had so many.
1: interesting. yeah. so they, so they uh, I mean, do people actually ask for this, or do you find this a lot of times because there's been some type of recordable incident or something that's driving it, and that's what makes them focus on that one spot, or is it just you think that people really are have that many blind spots to the amount of hazards that are at the workplace?
0: Unfortunately, We do get calls frequently after an incident has happened at a plant and the result was an entry to an employee that caused a lost time uh, accident that was recordable on their OSHA uh, documentation. We would prefer, and we're seeing more companies contact us for proactive uh, workplace assessments. And uh, it's even become important now as a retention factor Uh, to keep employees uh, with the companies uh, if they want to conduct a workplace assessment and then select the proper PPE for protection from the workplace uh, hazards. And uh, it's a benefit to the employees and they stay longer.
2: Steve, do you find that because of COVID, people are more aware of safety and PPE as a whole and that including obviously shoes? Have you seen an uptick?
0: I would say most definitely Just the uh, safety industry knew what the letters PPE, personal protective equipment, meant up until early 2020 when uh, COVID hit and everyone in the world learned that PPE is a variety of protective devices, including masks and visors. So, yes, everybody knows what PPE is now, but not everybody has it in place in their workplaces.
1: Steve, the thing about this is that Safe Happens is not a commercial you know, uh, for work or safety, it's, it's really about, uh, helping equip people to be able to do things on their own, to, to improve and make the workers' lives better in their workplace. So as, as you think about the, someone doing a hazard and wellness assessment, like we're talking about for the safety of their business, uh, walk us through what you would think some of those key things are in your idea. What's if they were, if you were to give advice to our audience, on how to do one well, it doesn't have to be done with us, but if they're gonna have one done, how to do it well. Talk to us about what you would say they should be focused on in order to be uh, doing one really, really well.
0: Well, uh, there are basically six different points that we need to discuss uh, that will result in a successful wellness, uh, workplace wellness and safety assessment. Okay. The first point to be made is that you must have a plan. You cannot go uh, about this without some documentation and without an idea of what what you uh, plan to do and the result that you plan to have at the end of the assessment. So you can't go in with a blank notepad. Mm -hmm. An assessment will usually take about an hour and it's good to make some preliminary lists of the departments that need to be assessed. And uh, in general, what you're going to do is follow where the workers go uh, from the raw materials through the assembly areas to the finished products and then to packaging and shipping and receiving and uh, visually observe if there are any potential sources of of accidents in all of those areas and then document it as you're going along so you'll Mm -hmm. need to to have an escort that knows the route of the facility that you plan to assess
1: okay so the so the first i guess your first point then is you got to have an an actual written plan before you go out there as opposed to i think you said don't go out with a blank notepad. <laughs> I all think it right. exactly what you said, which I would think, you know, a lot of people would. Oh, let's grab our books. We'll go take some notes. We'll walk around and see what they look. I think you're saying if you had, if you knew what you were looking for, if you had some kind of document that said, these are the things you should be looking for in that. Cause I know you, when you're doing it, you, you actually have a multi page document with all the different things to consider and look at when you're doing it. And so I think that that's a great point. Cause I think a lot of people would just, Kind of do that, don't you think, Brooke? That they would just kind of go out with a blank notepad and start writing some stuff down and think they got it.
2: Yeah, and you know what, Steve is so experienced and so seasoned that this document is catered to all the industries that he's come across. I mean, so even if it doesn't apply to everyone, um, I think it's really great to have an expert in the field that's been with with us for so long. Um, Steve, do you find that people try and kind of veer you away? from areas they don't want you to see Ooh, yes
0: yeah. and <laughs> and whether it's a whether it's the scenario that there's been a, a workplace accident resulting in lost time and and they, uh, an employee injured or if it's someone that just wants someone to come out and do an assessment so they can be a better company for their employees in both cases they want to t- take you to the areas that they think are the most hazardous. Hey, let's go over here because this machine is uh, likely to cause an injury. But, like I've said once before, in all reality, you walk through the whole facility from raw materials to sh- shipping and receiving, and you're going to find uh, forklifts and pallet jacks in most of those areas and electric sources of electrical shock. And so, uh, at the end of the assessments, many times they're like, boy, I never really knew how much potential source of injury there was in our facility
2: i'm glad that they're receptive to when you do point out additional concerns that you see you know it's not an automatic defense mode like it could be
1: so steve you said number one was to actually have a a a plan in a place and i think you said number two was you kind of follow the route of the worker right and and i think the way you describe that is as as you as you walk through and do your assessment it I mean, talk to me a little bit about that because I think my natural bent would just be I would just start on the left side and just walk from left to right. But you you said it's really more following the route of the worker. What do you mean by that?
0: You want to uh, follow the route of the assembly of the product at the facility. So,
1: uh, okay, now I follow what you mean by follow the worker is you're, you're actually following the assembly and, and the way, that, way that the process is happening, not the actual employee. Um, with that. So right, I, now I see be, it. Okay.
0: Employees will be in all of those areas and the hazards will be uh, different in, in some of those areas or the same throughout the facility. And so you want to go where the workers are to observe uh, their work function and observe the potential uh, hazards if, at their job site.
1: I was in my mind, I was picturing this as you were talking about getting geared up, right? Putting on the safety vest and glasses, everything you're supposed to. Uh, is there people's tendency to want to try to do the assessment by walking along the yellow line that goes around as opposed to actually going up and getting inside? Is, do you see that a lot of times that so people don't really go up and engage right at the point that they, they do it for more of um, a distance, if you will?
0: Yes, that is a common event uh, for the uninformed that you go and make an assessment and they just want to take you inside the the route that's inside the yellow lines uh, that doesn't require PPE and you really don't get a good look at machinery or flooring or uh, hazards that are out there that could potentially cause an injury from impact or compression or electrical hazards or from static dissipative discharges or from the puncture of the sole, sole puncture, or from heavy objects falling on top of your foot, metatarsal, or around combustible vapors or explosives, uh, conductive accidents. You can't see those from inside the yellow line. You actually have to go and walk around the machinery to identify those potential hazards.
1: Interesting. I remember it makes me think about, Brooke, we had a an account that um, the tops of the toes were wearing on the safety shoes and they were like, hey, you're not selling us good shoes. And so it was literally going out and watching what the employees were doing and going, and we, we could see that the employee was kicking the machine, try to get this this bolt to move because uh, it wouldn't get into place uh, all the way so that they could run their test. And so they would be kicking it to get it to run in place. And I'm like, okay, well, that's the reason why it's getting worn out is that you're kicking that thing. But I think, Steve, it goes to what you were just saying is that you, you're actually watching how the worker interacts with materials how they interact with the machinery how they're standing next to it and what the 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 shavings and things that come off uh that could be on the floor that they're standing over i mean i think that's it makes a big difference when you're actually looking at what is around them and watching what they're doing like the ergonomics of what they're doing kind of taught showed me that not only were they using the safety shoe wrong but by golly they're Everybody better have safety toes because this, this company didn't require everyone to have safety toes, just the people in this area. But I'm sure if anybody that came in and started kicking on that thing would wish they'd had a safety toe.
0: Yeah, so that's another important part of following the route of the worker is during the assessment, not only get into every department from the raw materials till the finished product is shipped, but look during the assessment, observe the different kinds of footwear that people are currently wearing if they have a safety footwear pro, uh, program is the footwear in good condition or are they wearing the wrong kind of footwear? If it's a new program, what kind of shoes are the employees working in? Do they have on the right uh, boots for protection or, or do they have uh, loose fitting athletic shoes with no safety toes? And therefore the, the risk is tremendous.
1: So then we document our findings and put that together, but um, Brooke, I'm, you're very focused. You talk a lot about wellness um, in the workplace and not just the the safety part, but a lot about uh, the wellness.
2: Yeah. To answer your question, Matt, I think that it's super important, not just to protect your workers, Mm -hmm. but have them be comfortable on the job. You know, we are protecting feet, but we're also protecting backs, necks, hips, you know, it all comes Mm -hmm. down to the to the footwear and so if they're standing all day and steve sees that you know they can recommend he can recommend insoles
0: yes wellness Mm -hmm. products should be assessed out as you're doing your well your workplace assessment you're looking for potential hazards and you're also looking at the flooring and you're uh trying to uh, make an assessment on whether or not the employees are uh, equipped with wellness products that will uh make their day and make their uh, body function better. They won't lose uh, time to not only injury, but to wellness issues. Mm.
1: Well, that's true. Cause we've, we've quote a lot that twice as many work days are lost due to pain and discomfort than due to injury. Um, and so you actually could take this moment. I think that's why we call it a safety and wellness assessment for our company. Right. That's, a, that's what we look at. We look at both parts of it because of how that wellness uh, interacts because of that thing, right? There's the if twice as many work days are lost due to pain and discomfort than due to injury, then you should be as focused on how do you do that? Like Brooke, to your point, that's that we're protecting not only the, the toes, uh, but we're protecting the knees and the back and their necks, and there's all of that. Okay, so Steve, once you've gone through and you've done this part, I mean, what's the next step in your opinion? You've now done the, you've documented everything, you've done your, you walk around, you've walked in everything, you've put it together. What do you do next?
0: So uh, you want to debrief uh, the assessment, and you want to list the potential sources of injuries and other notes about wellness needs on a spreadsheet where you sort it by the departments because uh, frequently the decision to move forward with either different PPE, if there is some PPE in the workplace, or new PPE involves more than just the person that's giving you the guided tour. So it's very important to document all of your observations and make that available Uh, electronically, not only to your guide, but to other potential decision makers who will have some say over uh, a wellness and safety program.
2: I love that you do it by department. My OCD type A personality just thrived when you said that. What's the feedback that you get after you send something like that?
0: We uh, make recommendations that will keep the work- workers safe, and most of the time, companies welcome those recommendations. They, rec- they are very happy that it's uh, chronicled and that it's written, and most of the time, they make positive strides to- toward either changing their PPE to the right PPE, to keep their workers safe or, or just starting a a new program for footwear or for wellness. And uh, so there's a positive result out of just about all the assessments that we do. Mm
1: -hmm. So Steve, you're referring to kind of a document that you hand back. So it's like a written plan. Now, here's what our policy is. Here's what we want for the features and the footwear or the other PPE that we want to go there. Is this, does this document help me? I mean, great. It helps me with making sure my employees are compliant or or what I'm holding them to, but does that help me in other ways? I mean, is it something like, um, it it helps with OSHA, it helps with other things that you have an actual written policy in place for your insurance and so on.
0: It does. Uh, Many times the workplace uh, wellness and safety assessment document helps a company get better insurance premiums and shows OSHA should they get an inspection that the the company has taken upon themselves to uh, conduct a workplace assessment to identify potential sources of injuries, number one. Number two, they've taken action so that they've uh, invested in the proper PPE uh, with the right wellness features and the right safety features for each potential source of injury They've invested in uh, the right PPE to keep their workers safe. And then last but not least, they uh, have also uh, educated their employees on how to don and doff or basically wear and maintain that PPE. Those are the three requirements of OSHA. uh, So that company is in compliance.
1: Wow. So I guess that would be the last little kind of piece of advice we would give people is like when you're crafting your document, think about it. Being those other people reading it, not just the employees internally reading it, but those outside stakeholders that would read that, that could really help you going forward. I think it would influence the way I wrote that document. You know, I think I would add a little more detail to it than, than I would normally the because I would, if I could hand that to them, that's a great point, Steve. I, could, I think I can make a big difference. So
0: yep, the document has got to be detailed and professional and uh, follow a, a format. Uh, so that uh, it's recognizable and accepted by not only OSHA but the insurance providers and also corporate purchasing people who have a stake in investing in employee wellness.
1: Excellent. Well, Brooke, you picked a good guest.
2: I did. I know you did. you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> That's right.
1: So, well, Steve, thanks for your time. I mean, seriously, that was. I would think that after hearing that, that I'm like, okay, I there's things I would do differently you know, going forward and certainly take a a much different approach than what I might have just thought would work fine uh, in what I'm doing. So, I mean, thanks for your insight.
2: Yeah. And not just an asset, you know, obviously to us selfishly, but to every company that you go into, Steve, I mean, saving money on insurance premiums. Hello. That's huge.
1: Saving money is a big deal indeed, as well as keeping your workers safe, productive and happy on the job, which is what Safe Happens is all about. Thank you, Brooke. Thank you, Steve, for all of your insight. Hey guys, if you would like a copy of the document that Steve uses when he does a hazard and wellness assessment for workwear safety, just hit us up. Uh, Go to workwearsafe on any of our social media sites or go to workwearsafe.com and drop us a note and say, send me the hazard and wellness assessment that Workwear Safety uses. You've just experienced
0: Safe Happens, a podcast from Workwear Safe, where we help you keep your employees safe, productive, and happy on the job. Never miss an episode by subscribing to Safe Happens today on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts.